Hi, friends. Welcome to the Seek Holy Living podcast with Christus Faboda. I am a wife to my wonderful husband, mom to my five precious children, and a friend to some amazing moms that I can't wait to introduce to you. Mothering is not a journey meant to be traveled alone. Join me every Monday for a new podcast where you will find hope, joy, and purpose. In Luke 10, 41, Jesus said, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. If you are like me, then at times it can feel like I am worried about many things. I could just put my name right in there. Krista, Krista, you are worried about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. And today I am glad to bring to you a talk that I gave to a homeschool group at our church about establishing intentional rhythms. And I'm going to make this a two-part conversation because part one is really about establishing intentional rhythms for ourselves as moms. And then part two will focus on establishing intentional rhythms for our children. And there's a reason for this. I'm splitting it up because as I really dug into this topic and began to ask myself the question, what does it look like to prioritize the values that I have to actually create the culture that I want in my home? I dug into scripture. And if you've been listening to me for any time at all, I'm sure you'll know what passage I'm going to go to already is Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 7, because it really does answer this question. How do I prioritize the values that I have? And then asking how to how do I put those priorities into actual rhythms in my, in my home? So that passage says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Now, I have focused many times on the part of that passage that says, you shall teach them diligently to your children and go on about when I should do those things. But I've missed the part that comes right before that, where it says, these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. And that's what we're going to be dwelling on first in this first part of this episode about establishing intentional rhythms so that these words shall be in our heart. You see, our values shape our priorities, and our priorities shape the culture in our home. These words shall be in your heart. How do we develop intentional rhythms that will actually keep us fueled as the mom who's supposed to be pouring out all day long into these dear children that God has blessed us with, but also that we are responsible for? So the first instruction is that these words be in our heart. So we must be abiding in him throughout our days. So what does that actually look like, though? That's such like Christianese term. We must abide in Jesus throughout our days. Great. I can do that. But what does that look like? What does that mean? We want to, but how do we actually make rhythms to put that into practice? If... We ever hit those moments in our homes where things just feel impossible, where it's like, oh, I am not being kind enough again, or I'm not being peaceful enough again. 
or so disappointed in our own hearts because we're not showing the patience towards our children or our husband that we want to, because it is our desire, right? That's the value. But then how do we make it happen? When we hit those moments so often, it's because it's when I'm doing it on my own power and I'm not doing it through him. I'm not abiding in that moment, a moment by moment, leaning into him for my strength. In John 15, verse five through eight, Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. So this abiding is this constant relationship between us and the Lord throughout our day. When we're going into those hard moments and we say, Lord, this is what I need. I need patience. Ask him in that moment that is abiding. And it says it shall be done for you. Doesn't he want us to be patient? Doesn't he want us to be kind? Of course, but it's a result of his spirit being at work in us. And he's not surprised we can't do it. When we fail, I think so often we're so hard on ourselves for our failures. As we should care, we're hard on ourselves because we care, right? So when you do beat up on yourself, first know it's because you care. But also, Jesus isn't surprised. At the very beginning of that passage, he says, without me, you can do nothing. So we must start our day with him. And that's the first rhythm that I want to encourage you is it has to start with our own morning rhythm. You know, even Jesus had to go away to have time with the Father in the morning. I love the passage in Mark 1, 35 through 38, where it says that Jesus got up in the morning having risen a long while before daylight to start his day, especially if you're a mom with little children or with babies. So often when I would be woken up in the wee morning hours when you still want to be asleep to know, no, this is when Jesus got up to meet with the Father. This is when I am getting up to meet with the Father. And maybe you're not naturally a morning person. That's okay. We don't know if Jesus was naturally a morning person. He actually went to be with the Father in the evening too. And I'll talk about that more a little bit later. But Jesus knew he needed to be filled by time with the Father, as do we. And this myth of the time being quiet and the time always being still that Instagram gives us, that it needs to include like, you know, your journal and your highlighter and your hot coffee and your lit candle or your running diffuser or whatever it is, is a beautiful moment. And sometimes those moments happen and what a gift they are. But if it's a moment that's interrupted, know that you are in good company with Jesus. You see, when he spoke this in Mark, he had just begun his ministry. He had called his disciples. Well, first he was baptized. Then he called his disciples. Then he began doing all of these miracles And that's when, in the morning, he woke up early. And I think about how much he had been pouring out and pouring out and pouring out and what wisdom there is in him getting up early to go be with the Father. So he went off, it says, and departed to a solitary place. And there he prayed. And Simon, who we also know as Peter, 
And those who were with him searched for him. When they found him, they said to him, everyone is looking for you. But he said to them, let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also, because for this purpose, I have come forth. Oh my goodness, how much I love this passage. How many times have you gotten up early when you said, this is the day I'm doing it. I'm getting up early. I'm going to be in God's word. And you begin to, and something about your presence must just fill the whole house because here comes a child down the hall and without fail, mine greet me with the sweetest words of, oh, I missed you. And it's always a little bit funny because I kind of laugh in my heart. I wouldn't never laugh out loud, but in my heart, I laugh because I think, how did you miss me? We've been together all the time. And like, we were literally only apart while you were sleeping. <laughs> but what a beautiful thing for their hearts to want to be with their moms. And when they come find you in the morning, when you're in that place of that time with the Lord, to know of course, Peter was the ringleader, right? Of everyone. Everyone's looking for you, Jesus. And I also think about Peter. Was really everyone looking for him? Or is that just him being a little overdramatic about the situation? We don't know. But regardless, Simon and those who were searching for him when they found him said, everyone's looking for you. And Jesus didn't say, I am not ready for you yet. Go away. <laughs> which is also such a beautiful reminder to me how he welcomed them and they joined him in that place. And then they went forth into the next towns to go preach there for that's the purpose he came forth. And we get to do the same. We get to welcome our children in those early morning moments with a greeting that shows them that they are important to us and that they can join us in that time of communion with the Lord. And then Spending time in God's word in the morning is what our abiding should look like first. I know there are so many good books, beautifully written, and sometimes even beautiful to look at. I love a beautiful to look at book for a mom with beautiful paintings in it or illustrations or something. But I want to encourage you that our time first needs to be in God's word. He's He designed all of this, right? He designed your day. He knows what your day is going to hold. He knows the storms that are before you. And I can promise you that whatever it is that you're reading, whatever book in God's word you're reading, it will apply to the circumstances that are coming in advance because God knows in advance what's coming for you. So he is going to prepare you and equip you by the time you spend in his word. So I just can't encourage you enough. Spend time in his actual word. Not to say we shouldn't read other good books. Read other good books too. Maybe you have a Bible and a devotion book or a Bible and a another book that you enjoy reading too. That's wonderful. But spend some time in actual scripture because God is going to use that to equip you for your day. And if you are not super comfortable with that yet, or if that's not a habit that you have, I would encourage you to start in the gospels because Jesus is the master teacher. He is the master disciple trainer. And that is what you're doing as a mom. You are raising disciples to go out into the world. You're preparing and training them. So as you are learning from Jesus, he is training you as a maker of disciples, as a leader of disciples. So spend time in the gospels if that's new for you. Uh, I had a neat thing happen one day where I had been studying all of these parables that Jesus was giving his disciples. And 
I finished my time that morning in, in Matthew is what I'm reading right now. I finished my time in Matthew and reading like four different parables or something like that, that Jesus was just one on top of the other giving to his disciples. And I literally thought to myself, and I don't know if it was more of a prayer or a thought or a thought and a prayer, I don't know, but I thought, I wish I had the wisdom of Jesus to have a parable ready that went with whatever the circumstance was. And just, it wasn't even three hours later that I was in the car with my children and something came up and that thought came back into my mind. I believe the Holy Spirit brought it back to me. Jesus taught through parables, teach your children as Jesus did. And I thought, okay, that's great. Thank you, Lord. I am not Jesus and I don't have a parable. And God brought to my mind an illustration that a pastor had used in the past for something that he had taught many times on. And I was able to share that illustration with my children. And when I finished it, it was just incredible realizing how God prepared me in advance that morning, put on my heart. I teach through parables. Do you see this? And then in the moment when I knew I need a parable, God gave me one that I already had stored up in my heart so many years ago. So spend time in his word as he is the master disciple trainer. And that is what you are doing as well as your most important work. So why would we not learn from the master who also knows us and knows our disciples, our children? So those are your morning rhythms that I want to encourage you to establish first. The next intentional rhythm that I want to encourage you in is rhythms to sustain you through your day. You know, sometimes we start the day so well, but then the day gets going and it's almost like we take off that lens that God gave us of how we're seeing our day and the purpose we have in our day and the meaning in the menial or the mundane or the challenging. And we almost take those lenses off of that biblical worldview and somewhere along the way start seeing it through a worldly worldview. And we miss seeing it in God's way. So we have to be sustained. We have to be refilled to be abiding. How do we be abiding throughout our day? So one way I want to recommend is by being outside some. Uh, Charlotte Mason has a quote that says, never be within doors when you can rightly be without. And I remember as a child, there were times that my mom would say to us, kind of out of nowhere, maybe we had just been kind of having a hard morning or maybe one, one of the children was really struggling and acting out or having some real character work <laughs> going on that day. And my mom might say, we're going to the park. Get in the car, everyone. Get your shoes. Get your things. We're going to the park right now. Here we go. Let's load up. Let's load up. And my mom was so dear. She always would rarely raised her voice and got like angry in that way, but she would, her pitch would get a little higher and maybe her tone would even get a little softer. Come on, everyone. We're going to the park. Here we go. Let's get in the car right now. So off we would go and we would think, yeah, we're going to the park. Not knowing truly my mom was probably about to lose it and was at a place of saying, if I stay within these walls with these children for much longer, it is not going to be productive or God honoring or an environment of abiding. So she would take us outside 
And there is something so very therapeutic about being in creation with your children. Maybe it's at the park. Maybe it's just in your backyard. It doesn't have to be far. It literally can be stepping out your back doors. But getting outside is really a healthy rhythm, not only for your children, but also for you and physically for our bodies. Let me start there. So when we're outside, assuming there's sunshine, right? And that you can actually have some of your skin showing that you're not like in a super, super cold bundled up place, then you have a benefit of vitamin D. And that is healthy for you, that time with getting getting the actual sunlight on you. Again, I know this is going out at a time that it's cold, so it's probably not good to hear the Southern California mom telling you to be barefoot when you're like, we would die if we were barefoot, some of you. <laughs> so don't be barefoot if you die. But those of you who are in Southern California, even if it's chilly, if you can spend some time barefoot outside um, and throughout the year, during the warmer months, be barefoot when you're outside. That grounding, look it up and read about it. You're going to be so surprised how healthy the soil actually is for your body. And then just the fresh air, taking time to just breathe and just breathe that fresh air with your children while absolutely reset your day. And this shouldn't surprise us because when we're in creation, we're spending time with the creator. And all of creation is a reflection of him and has his hand, his handiwork all over it. So when we're in creation, we're coming into contact with the one who knows our struggle, who knows about that child who's needed the character work or the hormones that you're dealing with that day, or the fact that you've been on your own parenting for day after day after day, and you're tired. And it's almost as though we're answering yes to that passage that says, come unto me, all you who we're, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest because it is coming into contact with him as our creator, as the heavenly father. Another thing I would recommend as another rhythm in your day is to establish a quiet time, a pattern of a quiet time in your home. Now, this doesn't have to look the same in all seasons with all children in all homes. It will look different, actually, in different seasons, even in your home. But just a period of time to still the voices. I think back to that Martha passage that says, um, you are just upset and distract, worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. So I would challenge you to don't be a Martha during that quiet time. When you have the voices of your children stilled, do not be Martha and get distracted by many things. <clears throat> your phone. <laughs> Am I right though? How often do we get sucked in by our phone or ordering all the things we thought we needed on Amazon that we hadn't ordered or scrolling Instagram or just a mindless Netflix something. Intentional quiet time is different than easy quiet time and it's valuable quiet time. So make your quiet time intentional and use that time as time to actually fill yourself. Listen to life-giving music Listen to books that would speak life into you or truth into you. Listen to podcasts that are life-giving. Maybe you just need quietness and you just need to pray and have time in relationship with the Father. Or call a friend and have a conversation with that friend that you say you don't have time to talk to. And going back to the idea of music, 
Isaiah 61, three says that the garment of praise is for a spirit of heaviness. If you're dealing with heaviness, turn on some worship music and praise the Lord. It does not say all music is for a spirit of heaviness, but a garment of praise. So put on that garment of praise on a day that you are dealing with heaviness. God is faithful. He wrote that in his word for a reason. And then Proverbs 16, 24 says that pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. So whether it's a friend that you say you don't normally have time to talk to or a book you say you don't normally have time to read that would be pleasant words, that would be like a honeycomb, sweetness to your soul and health to your bones, prioritize that and choose to make that time a priority during the quiet time with your children in your home. And the week that I air this, I'll spend some time talking a little bit about quiet time and what that can look like with your children and how you can maybe have an effective quiet time with kids of various ages at the same time in your home. It is possible. It takes training, but it is possible, I promise. And I'll try to share about that this week on my Instagram to give you a little bit more on that topic too. The next area of rhythms that I find to be so important to me are the rhythms that carry me into bedtime well. You see, my husband works really long days when he works, so usually that means that I am on my own with the kids for that day from really like breakfast all the way through bedtime on those days that I am doing all of the mom things. And by the end of the day, I realized that I was becoming empty too early, that I was allowing my battery basically to be completely drained really about by the time dinner was done. For some reason, I don't know why I thought that I should be able to kind of get through that point in the day and then just say, I'm finished. Now all of you off to bed, little ones, and that they would all just turn around and pitter-patter their feet off to bed and away they would go and I could sit down with a cup of tea and a book or something lovely like that. But I assure you that is never the way that it went. And I realized that I needed to really consider wisely what I have to give as the mom and either refuel myself before going into bedtime or reset my expectations if that's what needs to happen so that I'm not expecting that there's going to maybe be the refreshing time for me at the end of the day when everyone's asleep or the expectation that bedtime's going to take 30 minutes from start to finish. Because as I added more children to our home, the length of bedtime also was added to and got longer along the way. So I had to shift my expectations and learn how to refill myself to be able to do bedtime and end the day the way that I wanted to end the day when we started. Because when I started the day, I started with these expectations of loving into my children and being tender and speaking Jesus into them. And by bedtime, all that I was wanting to do once dinner was done was to say, okay, good night, all of you off to your spaces. Because I am weary and I am tired by that point. But I have taken such comfort in Matthew 11, 28 through 30. I talked about it a little bit ago, the first part of it, where Jesus says, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. And that's you. That's you at the end of the day. When you feel like you're heavy laden, that you've labored, you've worked all day long. 
Come unto him, and he will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, again, even at bedtime, truth doesn't change. Our values still shape our priorities of how we're doing the end of our day with our children. And our priorities still shape the culture in our home. So what kind of a culture do you want at bedtime with your family? Does it look like what you want it to? Take a minute and let's do some self-reflection here. Let's examine our own hearts at the end of the day. I had a very convicting moment when I paused to examine my heart at the end of the day. And I didn't have to think about it very long because, you know, God's word says out of the overflow of your heart, the mouth speaks. Well, out of the overflow of my heart, my mouth would speak. And I would say to my children sometimes at the end of the day, I am done. And at one point when these words came out of my mouth, I realized I am supposed to be Jesus to them. And I'm supposed to be modeling his long suffering and his patience and his kindness. And when I read the fruit of the spirit, again, me abiding in him, I have quit abiding. At some point, I stopped abiding because nowhere in that abiding is being done. And I realized something needs to change. Instead, I need to do something different. So let me share with you some of the rhythms that I would recommend for the end of the day to refill yourself. So one is prayer. Reabide again. Reattach, reestablish, and reground yourself back to where you want to be so you can end the day as you intended to at the beginning of the day. We have this long hallway. Our house is a single story. So we have this really long hall to get from the front of our house, where kind of our living spaces are, back to the back of the house where the bedrooms are. And I have thought that that hall is really God's greatest gift to me and my children. Maybe it's stairs for you, depending on what your house looks like. Because so often when they are on one end of the house and I am on the other end of the house, I can reset my heart and realign my heart with the Lord's as I am making my way down that hallway. So maybe it's for bedtime and I can pray on my way down there, just a 10 second prayer on my way down the hall. Lord, thank you that I get to be the mom with these children. Help me to end the day as you would want me to. Give me the extra measure of energy and the extra measure of grace. Give me the right expectations even of what I have to give. You know what I have to give. Help me set my expectations accurate so that I can tell them, you know, here's what we're going to do tonight because I want to end the day well with you. And this is how I can do it well. And and really be willing to stick to that. Lord, help them to be obedient. Help them to be quick to listen tonight and quick to obey and to go to sleep. So resetting myself by praying and realizing That the God who I met with before the day began is the same God before bedtime begins. And as much as I prioritize that meeting with him before the day started, that reconnection with him before bedtime starts is equally as important. And Deuteronomy says, when you lie down, when you get up, 
That's when we're supposed to be diligently teaching. It doesn't say only when we get up and by bedtime to be done. And that's when you're allowed to be grumpy because you're tired. Our culture, uh, absolutely. Um, not just accepts it, but I think even expects it, a grumpy mom at the end of the day. But God's word says that's still when we're supposed to be teaching them diligently. And we need to keep abiding in him. I really loved when I realized in the passage in Matthew, in Matthew 14, 22 through 23, this is after Jesus had fed the multitudes with the fish and the loaves. So it was Jesus, it was the disciples, it was the multitudes, and it was the leftovers, right? So technically they're kind of cleaning up from dinner is what's going on right now. So Jesus, you know, can empathize with our circumstances here. But what happens in this passage it says, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he, Jesus, sent the multitudes away. He went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening came, he was alone there. And what happens following this is the storm where the disciples are out on the boat and Jesus walks on the water and comes and meets them. And many times in the evening, we don't know what storm might be on its way. We want dinner to be done and the day to go smoothly into bedtime. But many times there ends up being a storm of the heart that that's so often when children want to pour their hearts out and say, mom, I've been having this fear of this thing, or I've been having this feeling of this thing. And I will say we do as moms have to use discernment to know when to say, okay, my little, I call, I've heard someone say that they're thirsty theologians at bedtime <laughs> because they need water and they need to talk about the end of the world and the meaning of life and all the things. So we do have to use discernment to know when is this truly a matter of the heart that is open right now and is ready and tender, a soil that's soft to be tended to, or when is this you trying to stay awake longer? Because we use our discernment and we make our wise choices, but in having our hearts in a place where we have been refilled by the Father and are able to be ready to serve them in whatever the storm is, the storm of their heart, the storm, maybe a storm of disobedience. Maybe there have been some character struggles throughout the day that just continue all the way until that child is asleep. And you think, I don't know how I made it through the day, but it's okay. Because with, remember, without him, we can do nothing. And you made it through because you chose to abide. And you're going to do it again tomorrow. And you're going to do it again the next day because you're going to keep abiding and he's going to keep refilling you day after day after day. I'm excited for next week when we'll be talking about some intentional rhythms that we can develop in our days and really establish as rhythms in our days to be teaching our children diligently as we talk about the second part of that passage in Deuteronomy. So I'll look forward to seeing you then. If you have not had a chance to follow me on Instagram, go do that. I'm on Instagram at Seek Holy Living, and I would love to just hear how this episode or the podcast in general has been an encouragement to you. And if you have a group of mom friends who you could share it with, 
pass it on to them. It's so exciting to see how God just takes this all around the world and how moms on each side of the globe need encouragement and all of us need to be reminded to be abiding in Christ. So, so glad to be able to provide these for you and that they can be a blessing to you and to your family. Look forward to seeing you next week. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of our weekly conversations. And check out our show notes below, where I have links to the resources mentioned on the podcast. I release a new podcast every Monday and additional content at seekholyliving.com, including a video of this conversation and a deeper dive into all things mom. Also, be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Seek Holy Living for more fun and conversation. If this was an encouragement to you, please share it with your friends.